Hey, this is Joseph Massonary. I'm the pastor at Cornerstone, and this is our podcast. I want to thank you for joining us today. I hope this inspires you. I hope this helps you build your faith. I hope in some way that God will challenge you with a new perspective as you listen. Enjoy the message. Well, if you have a Bible today, would you open it up to Luke chapter 2, the Gospel of Luke chapter 2, and we have been in this Christmas series speaking about uh, a few instances now where the angel of the Lord shows up on the scene, and uh, last week we looked at Mary. How many of us remember last week if you were here, and then we looked at uh, a man named Zechariah, and how many of you remember what the angels said to them the minute he showed up. There's a theme that goes on through scripture is each time an angel shows up, it's it's not so, um, everybody's not all that happy. Uh, They actually respond with a little bit of fear. And if you remember, what does the angel say? Do not be what? Come on, come on now. We only have one service today, so we got to knock this out and make it a good service, right? Do not be afraid. I find that so interesting that every time the angel of the Lord shows up, they say, do not be afraid. Well, many of us can relate to this feeling of, of being afraid, but I was having some fun this week as I was studying, and it's interesting. Do you know people are, are fearful of a whole lot these days? I don't know if that's something new, if that's always been the case, or if, if like, um, the, the cases of fear and different phobias and different uh, causes of anxiety are out there, but there are actually a lot of rare phobias that I didn't even know existed. Um, did you know that people experience a fear of walking? Did you know that? Some of you are looking at me like, yes, I knew that. You Google too much if you did, right? Um, did you know this, and, and this is not my problem, there, there's, some folks have a fear of peanut butter. How many of us, anybody, anybody I mean, you could, maybe we just dislike peanut butter, right? There's a fear of mirrors. Some folks, uh, maybe I have this fear, a fear of long words, <laughs> right? A fear of long words, and then this, this might be one of my favorite ones, You can Google this. I think this is a real thing. It's called chiclophobia. You know what it is? It's the fear of, somebody said Chick-fil-A, right? You need Jesus if that's your fear, right? We need to pray and lay hands on any. No, it's actually the fear of chewing gum, right? Chiclophobia. It's the fear. Somebody, there's people who are fearful of chewing gum. I actually even know someone I love them a whole lot. I know someone who's afraid of the color yellow. Real. It's a real, it's a real thing. It's a real thing. Um, and so I don't, I don't know if, if you have any of these fears, but I think we can all relate to uh, a moment where we have faced a situation, a, a moment, a season, a chapter in our lives where there was something to be fearful of. And we're going to look at this Christmas story. If you have your Bible, Luke chapter 2, and we're going to begin in verse 8. And we're going to be reminded that the story of Christmas, um, well, well, for one thing, I would say it like this, we don't have to be fearful when it comes to God. Is anybody here, like, you, you're just, you, you've grown up with great parents, you grew up in church, things, you don't have like a, a 
a, a testimony that was like everybody, you know, left and different things. You had a, you had a pretty good upbringing. Anybody here, like you say, like my parents did a good job. My father did a good job. My mother did a good job. But I, 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 would, I would kind of fall into that camp, um, but where, does anybody can relate to this feeling? I, I this, this kind of before you learn more about God and who he is growing up, has anybody here ever been fearful at times where you feel like, man, there's just no way I'll ever be good enough for God? Anybody relate to that maybe a little bit? Uh, there's no way, like, God, you, there's no way I'll measure up. There's no way I'll be, I'll be good enough. Um, and, and I remember sometimes, does anybody remember that song? And I'm going to date myself here. But we used to play baseball here in town. And we would, we would um, every time we would take the field, we would take the field to this song called Enter Sandman from Metallica. Anybody remember that one? And, and there was this, and my parents, thank, thank the Lord, they didn't pray this prayer in our house because it would have, it, it's a weird prayer, but I don't know how this, there, there was this prayer in, in that song. Anybody, any, any Metallica fans in the house? It's all right, we love you still. It's all good to say that, right? But there was this prayer. Did anybody grow up with that old school prayer? It was like, now I lay me down to sleep. What was the rest of it? I pray, my Lord, my soul to keep. And then... There you go, it's that part right there, the worst childhood prayer of all time. There's that, it's that part in that song, it says, if I should what before I wake? If I should die before I, who put this prayer together? Did anybody, did anybody have parents that you actually prayed with, like they did, like really, right? And I think, right, yeah, if I should die before I wake, I pray God my soul to take. And then anybody, Luke, I should have left you up here and you could have started off this sermon with the metallic. Dun, 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 dun. We could have started it off, Mark. We, could have, we, we played a lot today, but that would have been kind of fun. But you know, one thing I love about following Jesus, the older I get, is we begin to realize we don't have to be fearful of being good enough for God. The entire point of Christmas is coming to that reality check where we realize we aren't. And we never will be, and we can celebrate that because God sent his son Jesus to cover us. Amen? Well, let's get into the word today. Let's look at what scripture has to say. Verse 8. Here we go. Are you ready? As we get into God's word today, can we just ask that, Lord, would you search us? Lord, would you speak to us? I, was, I had this thought this week, and I was talking to a man from our church, and I said one of the reasons that sometimes I find it difficult to read scripture, if I'm really, really honest, the Bible is the only book you will pick up that you read the Bible, but the Bible reads you. Do you hear that, church? And sometimes, with whatever is going on in our heart, if you find yourself struggling in your devotional time, think about that a little bit this week. Holy Spirit, is there something going on in me that I don't want you to identify through reading your word? Because the Bible is, it's the only book you will ever pick up, and the book reads you. Let's get into God's word and say, God, would you read our hearts today? God, would you examine our hearts today? Verse 8, that night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. And then look at this, let's pause. It says, they were so excited they put up a Christmas tree, put the lights up, wrapped presents, and they had a blast, right? No, no, what's it say? My translation says, they were terrified. They were afraid. They were, this is like more than fearful. And, and, and some of us might be here today and, and we, we talk about the angels and we talk about the shepherds and how many of us, my, my daughter had the chance to go on a field trip to like a farm this week and I am just not a farm guy. Is anybody here like an animal person? 
Some of us, right? I, I, I'll just put it out there, like farm, animals, the things that you smell in a barn, it's just not for me, right? I'm a hotel type guy. I'm a hotel comfort creature. Um, but we look at this scene and we might be thinking like, what, you know, the angels were there and the shepherds were there, but have we ever thought like, why were the shepherds there? You know, every Walmart store you go into, there's a shepherd at the nativity scene. You're like, the shepherds are there because they were there, right? Every nativity I've ever seen growing up, there's, of course the shepherds are in the story. They're a part of this story. They're there. That's the way the story goes. They're, they're, they're always around. But think about it. The son of God being born for mankind. As we stop and, and, and think about this, why were the shepherds notified? Why was this announcement made to them? You would think God would choose someone else or a different people group to announce the greatest news to all mankind. The human part of me, I default to go, would, God, wouldn't you use a, 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 a politician? God, wouldn't you use a ruler? God, wouldn't you use the person with the most Twitter followers? To announce this massive news, wouldn't you use someone other? Wouldn't you use royalty or, or something else? But instead we see God use a particular group of people to spread his news. He uses shepherds. And in that culture, we're going to talk about these shepherds for just a, a little bit because I think as we talk about being fearful, we talk about our response to God, our standing with God, how we feel in our relationship with God, I think we might be able to, if we're honest, relate to the shepherds in a greater way or a little bit more than, than anyone else in this story. And there's a couple reasons why they're, 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 the shepherds, I, I think they, they were a people group that probably felt a little bit unworthy to worship the Lord. Would you write that down in your notes today? The shepherds were unworthy in, in culture's eyes and if we take ourselves into that story years and years ago, in that context, in that culture, the shepherds were, they were wanderers, they were uneducated. They were the undesirables. Um, it was commonly taught by the religious leaders of that time that shepherds could be untrustworthy. Uh, let alone that these shepherds could actually be good enough for a holy God. Uh, they, they, were, they were on the road all the time, which if you're on the road, think of like someone who may be like a, a trucker today. Chances are if you're in that type of lot, business, the only way to be getting your church is probably via cell phone, right? They were, they were traveling a lot. They, they couldn't make it back to the temple enough, which means, uh, and, and then also because of their, their job, they were about as unclean as you could be because they constantly hung out with the sheep, right? And so in this society, the shepherds must have been very unworthy. They must have felt unworthy. And I wonder as we get into Christmas, is there any of us here today that can relate to that feeling. God, I just, I don't feel worthy to be excited about Christmas. God, I don't feel worthy to be in a, 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 a relationship. It seems like I show up to church and, and everyone has their, their stuff together, right? Everybody has their, 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 their kids, somebody brushed their kids' teeth today and I forgot, right? Maybe you, you came to church and uh, any, any dads or moms in the house where it's like you, you just feel like everybody else has their stuff together, but maybe on the way to church you just were like screaming at your kids the whole way here. Shut your face, we're going to worship God. Right? Anybody, right? Like, be quiet. We're going to go get our worship on because Jesus loves you. Right? And you, you're, you're a few minutes late, whatever it might be. But man, I think so many of us, we feel... And we can relate to these shepherds. 
I think another thing about the shepherds we can relate to is they were inadequate. Shepherds were un, unworthy. They were inadequate. Would you write that down? They, they, I would say this, because they weren't really educated people, they couldn't move up the ladder in society. Right? They, they, there was no opportunity for job advancement. Um, and, and I think sometimes it's amazing how we tend to feel in society today so inadequate when we get on our phone or on a device and when we compare our situation to those around us. When we compare our situation to those strangers we don't even know. We compare our business to that business's Instagram account or whatever it is, we don't even know what's going on, but oftentimes this feeling, this emotion of being inadequate is very, very real. And the third thing, shepherds in that culture were unloved. Like I said earlier, people didn't trust them. Uh, they, they weren't, get this, shepherds in that culture, they weren't allowed to give testimony in court. They weren't allowed to be a witness. And so think about it, like I think even as a dad of daughters, I'm already thinking about like praying about, God, who is that, that young man that is gonna marry my princesses? And pray for him and pray for his walk with the Lord and pray for wisdom and pray that he treats them and honors them like the little queens that they are, right? Well, I'll be honest, in that culture, I wouldn't want my girls marrying a shepherd. Can we say that? Like, that's, that's who we are dealing with. You wouldn't want your kids to be married to these type of guys. I think the shepherds were an unloved group of people. Do you know anyone? Is there anyone in your circle that you feel like, man, they just, you can kind of see it all over their countenance. There's nobody speaking into their lives. There's nobody loving on them. And I think many of us feel that way today, even though we come and we smile and we we joke and we do things in church. I think even all around, I've noticed even in our, our Cornerstone Academy um, that there's a lot of broken homes. There, and, and what I mean by that is there's a lot of kids that go to a Christian school that have, they have to navigate the, the, the issue of going to mom's house one night and dad's house the next. And I think when that happens, you have kids, and, and maybe you're here, you can relate to this. You grow up thinking, you know, why did, why did dad leave? What was wrong with me? What was wrong with us? Why did, why did mom take off? Right? And if you've grown up in a broken home, those are, those are very real questions. Kids growing up, even around us in church today, all around us wondering, you know, what did I do wrong that my parents are separated? Why would a parent leave? And we love to come to worship and we love to, uh, we, I think we set a record for the most lyrics ever sang in church today, right? Some of us are like, amen, that was a lot, right? But we love to come to church and, and um, put on that, that face where everything is all good. But I think oftentimes we, if we're honest, feel a lot like the shepherds. There's moments where we feel a little unworthy. We feel a little inadequate. We feel a little unloved. But look at what scripture, I love what scripture says in verse 10. The shepherd, the angel reassured them. Can we look at verse 10 together? He reassured them, don't be afraid. He said, I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem. And so the angel comes and the scripture says they are scared to death. And I, I think it's, they, they're scared to death because this is unlike anything they've ever seen before. It's, it's unlike anything anyone has ever seen before. As we talk about these feelings of unworthy and inadequate, unloved possibly, 
right? It, it may not be an angel that has you scared at church or if you're watching online, right? But there's a lot going on in our lives and in our homes and in our country and in our, our world. There's a lot going on that I think there's a lot of fear we might face in the new year, right? There's a lot of things happening. Uh, in fact, I, I think every year I've been on this team at Cornerstone, there's an event, there's a loss, there's a, a tragedy, there's something that goes on each and every year that has a moment where it's like, oh, I'm a little fearful. There's something that goes on, and, and I, I want to say this, like there, there will be some encounter, if it's not happening right now, there will be something in this new and next season, this 2023, there will be something that has you fearful. Certain moments where we can honestly say, God, I'm, I'm a little scared to death, but here's kind of one of my themes of today. Are we, are we losing our candles there? As we get into this scripture, I love the reassurance from the angel. Did we catch that, church? Don't be afraid because of what? Because of the news you have received. Because of the news being delivered. I love the Christian Standard Bible. It says this. The angel said to them, don't be afraid for look. He says, look, look, let me get your attention. Look. Uh, like a herald, he's going to make a proclamation in the neighborhood. He, he says, I proclaim to you good news that will be for all people. Number one, would you write this down? This is kind of the, the main thought of today's message. Fixing our eyes, look to, focus on. Looking to Jesus will calm your fear. Looking to Jesus this Christmas will calm your anxiety. It will calm your, your thoughts. Jesus can give peace in the midst of whatever storm as we get focused on what is next. Jesus can turn, he can turn chaos into calm. Right, we think of Jesus even when he gets older and he's on the, the sea with the disciples. Jesus can turn anxiousness into stability. The power of Jesus can do all of those things. The Savior will be born in a city of David. And here's what it says. The angel says this. I'm going to give you a sign. I'm going to give you a sign. Verse 12. You will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped in snuggly strips of cloth lying in a manger. Now, we read that all the time. Does anybody read the Christmas story when they wake up in the morning, or did you used to read it to your kids when they lived in the house? We read that a lot, but when I think of, like, what was that old skit, like, here's your sign, something very, very obvious. Like, strips of cloth, to me, don't exactly symbol a whole, like, I, I kind of look at it, has anybody ever read this going, like, you're going to find a baby, and he's going to be wrapped in cloth? Does anybody read that and kind of go... Like, of course you would. Has anybody ever seen like a newborn baby that is just not wrapped in anything? Right? Usually they warm that puppy up. They warm them up in the warmer, the little, right? They bake them up, get their, get their blood flow, and then what do they do? They swaddle them. Right? Am I, am I the only one that's seen like a newborn recently? You guys are looking at me like, no, we just leave the baby there. We don't keep them warm. We don't wrap them in blankets. I read this scripture and I go, here's the sign. The sign is that the baby is wrapped in cloth, lying in a manger. It doesn't seem like much to go by. I mean, it's, it's a baby. You're going to, you're going to wrap them in something. Um, and this baby will be found in a manger, is what scripture says. And 
it, it makes for a cute scene and a cute nativity, but a manger is really nothing more than a feeding trough for animals, right? Kind of a makeshift crib, so to speak. But this, so the sign for us today, if we're placing ourselves in the shepherd's position, the sign is this. This baby is going to be in strips of cloth, and he's going to be in swaddling clothes and a makeshift crib. And to me, I kind of read it, and I go, this doesn't exactly signal anything. What is so unique about this king? What is so unique about this baby that these shepherds are told to look for? And, but but here, here, here's where I think it, it comes into play, because God knows these men so well. He knows these shepherds so well. He knows their job description so well. Remember, the angel is talking to shepherds who do what? They keep watch over... I'm just checking to see if you're awake. They keep watch over their herds, over the flock, over their sheep, and also they keep watch over, and especially at this time, I think these particular shepherds were keeping watch over the lambs, over the babies. And the shepherds that the angels comes to, they're the shepherds that are watching over the lambs that would be offered as a sacrifice on the altar for the sins of of the people. All of this would take place. The shepherds were very well aware. They would take care of these lambs and they would be offered at the temple, at the place where they actually weren't allowed to go participate in back in this day. But here's the shepherd's job description is they would wrap each and every one of these lambs, these newborn lambs, they would wrap them in cloth so when that lamb would move around, it, it, they had no potential to, they would protect it from getting bruised. Um, they would protect that lamb from getting injured. They would protect it from getting cut. They would protect it from scarring. It would be protected so that, and here it is, so there wouldn't be one single solitary blemish on that animal. That animal was to be sacrificed at the temple, and it couldn't be with wrinkle. It couldn't be with spot. It couldn't be bruised or scarred, because if it was, it could not be offered for sacrifice. So when the shepherds heard that way, they were, they, they were to find a baby that was going to be wrapped like one of their own. These shepherds knew what to look for. They knew what to recognize, and they recognized that this signified a Messiah that they had heard about, a Savior that, they had, been, that had been foretold to them, and it, was, it signified that this was the Lamb of God presented without blemish, and little did they know he would be offered as that perfect sacrifice for mankind. The wrapping, so it, it's like we just read it, he's wrapped in swaddling clothes. But the wrapping of this baby is so important because Jesus was the son of God. And he had to be offered without blemish, without spot, the sinless son of God. And so the reality of Christmas, I think the shepherds probably caught on to this before any of us did 33 years later, is they probably recognized that this sinless lamb of God, this baby born in that manger was actually born to die. Verse 13, suddenly an angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and peace on earth to those whom God is pleased. When the angels had returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, let's go to Bethlehem. Let's say this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. And let's look at verse 16, because it's interesting to me. They experienced God, but then they responded to him. Verse 16, they hurried to the village. They found Mary and Joseph, and there was the baby 
lying in a manger. After seeing him, the shepherds told everyone what had happened, what the angel had said to them about this child. All who heard the shepherd's story were astonished. But Mary kept all these things in her heart and thought about them often. The shepherds went back to their flocks, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen. It was just as the angel had told them. They went back praising God. They went back with this good news. I, I think it's, it's, it's so cool because they got to witness history firsthand. Has anyone ever, like you've, you've been told information before everyone else, right? Sometimes when you're in the loop on something, like, like, like that, that feeling of, oh man, I know something you don't know. No, none of us are like that. We're all pretty cool. We're like, we're like lockbox. I just, I hear it, I zip it. No. I think it's pretty cool. They responded to this unique message of the Savior. They responded to this, this information first. And I love that it says they went back. And what does the Bible say? It says they told one person. No, they, I, think, I think it was like people were probably like, man, these shepherds, they're having a good time out in the field. It says they told everyone. Would you underline that? Would you circle that in, in, your, in your scripture? Let's look at verse 17 one more time. After seeing him, after seeing Jesus, it says, the shepherds told everyone what had happened and what the angel had said to them about this child. All who heard the shepherds' stories were astonished. The shepherds realized this news was so good that they told everyone. I love their response. They responded in a unique way to the Savior, and would you write this question down, just kind of a challenge for each of us this Christmas? Would you write this down? How will you respond to Jesus this Christmas? How will you respond to the message of Jesus this December? Does his involvement in your life, does his uh, uh, interruption in your life, him coming from heaven, invading earth, <laughs> being the perfect sacrifice, is that news worth sharing at all in December or is it just news that it's like it's easy if if you've been in church like me for a long time it's like we hear it over and and over and we hear it over again now for 40 Christmases or whatever it might be however many years you've been around but I've heard this story again and again and again but I love the shepherds they realized this was such good news that they responded Luke would you come and would you Close us on some keys this morning. When was the last time, think of the shepherds telling not one person, not two people, it just says, it's like they just, they told anyone, like the, the weird guy at the gas station, right? Uh, the, the, annoying, the annoying person at the fast food drive-thru that's like taking forever to get your food, right? It says the shepherds told everyone, and I, I, I was thinking, when was the last time I told anyone about Jesus. Think about that in your, like, could you throw, like, apply that to your name. When was the last time you told anyone about the Christ child? Insert your story into this story. When was the last time you told anyone about what God has done for you? I, I talk about our story, really, we used to call that a testimony. But a testimony is so important and so powerful because it is your story. 
It isn't the pastor's story. It isn't someone else's story. It is, it is what God has done for you. When was the last time you told that story to anyone? Is he a game changer? Is he a life changer? Is, is, his, is this news worth telling anyone? Because I think when you realize... And when you can relate to all the emotions of the shepherds, feeling unworthy, feeling inadequate, feeling unloved, which I think those are feelings that each of us have walked through, but then the angel says this, he says, fear not, for today in the town of David, a savior has been born. And so what that means is no matter who you are, even if you're a lowly shepherd, dirty, unworthy, inadequate, unloved, right, unclean, no matter what your past looks like, no matter how good or how bad this scripture means, man, no matter how much you have messed up, the Bible says this, we have been made right by a holy God. Isn't that crazy? No matter where we've been, what we've done, Romans 3, 22, we've been made right with God, not by works, not by religion, but by placing our faith in Jesus Christ. And this is true for everyone who believes. Can we say that last part of Romans together? Let us say it no matter who we are. I love that translation. Do you see that in there? No matter who we are, we are made right with God. And I don't know about you, that sounds like pretty good news every Christmas. Whether you've been walking with the Lord for one year or 50 years, that news, that truth that reality should never get old. And I don't know about you, I just want to be a little bit more like the shepherds, where I actually do a little bit more than just behave well, but where I actually invite and I actually tell and I actually let someone know about this King Jesus because the Bible says he is Christ, he is the Lord, and no matter who you are, where you've been, there is a Savior for you. Someone say amen to that, right? There is a Savior for that person that you are upset with. There is a, a Savior for that stranger you don't know, and God, would you bring them into my life? Would you interrupt my life so that I can tell someone this season that he is Christ the Lord, he is King of Kings, and in fact... He is here for us. Is that pretty good news? Let's bow our heads, church. God, we come and we thank you for this time in your word. God, we thank you for Christmas songs and getting a, being able to celebrate Jesus. But Lord, may, uh, may we not lose sight of the powerful message of the gospel, the good news, the good news that the angels delivered to unworthy, inadequate, and unloved shepherds. God, we ask that you would just minister to us in a day as we close. God, there is so much fear in the world. There is real things to be scared of. And I want to just break this up as we close today, as we pray. Let's bow our heads. I want to break this up into two questions today because I think we're all in different places. But if you are here this morning and you can relate to the shepherds a little bit and you feel a little fearful with this angel showing up, a little fearful with what you see around you, a little bit of financial fear going on. Maybe some of us, it's like we realize, the older I get, I realize there are a lot of things that are legitimately a little bit scary the older we get. Financial fears. Maybe you're here, there's a fear of a health report just lingering and looming over your life, over a family member, over a spouse. Maybe there's tension in relationships, fear of losing a marriage. Maybe some of us are, are, are fearing, you know, the holiday 
the time spent of Christmas. It's not always easy for everyone. Maybe some of us are fearing what we're going to think about being alone this Christmas. Today I want to give you an opportunity. The Bible says that we can cast our cares upon God because he cares for us. I think it's so encouraging that every time an angel appeared, the angel opened up and said, fear not. Do not be afraid. Fear not. Because I, I, I don't come to scare you or penalize you, hurt you, or make you fearful, but I come to give you really, really great news. And here it is, that great news is you have nothing to fear. I want to just ask you, here's the first ask, if you just feel a sense of fear this December, this season, if you need to feel the comfort of the Lord, if you realize it's time to cast your cares upon Him, would you just lift your hand and just acknowledge that in this place? Just say, there's, there's some stuff going on, man, there's, there's some health issues, there's some finance issues, would you just lift your hand and we just want to pray for you today. There's some fear. We just want to pray. And God, we acknowledge, God, there's, there's some fear disrupting my life. Lord, we thank you that your comfort, your word gives us peace that passes our ability as humans to understand it. God, we thank you that your word says you haven't given us a spirit of fear, but a spirit of power and love and that of a sound mind. May we cling to your word in our fear. Those of you that raise your hands, that's why I encourage you, when you are fearful, cling to God's promise, not your thoughts. Cling to his pages, not what story you're writing in your mind. The second ask I just wanted to ask as we close, and we're going to just close this out. Maybe you're here today and you feel like the shepherds felt totally unworthy, totally unloved, totally not good enough, totally inadequate. And the, the simple good news is this, is you can understand all those feelings aren't accurate because God came to show us that we actually can't do it on your own, but he loves you so much that he sent his son Jesus to cover you. Uh, I think some of us here, we, we show up to church and you can tell, it's like we had a few more chairs out today. Uh, maybe you're here today watching online or maybe you're just here and you don't even know why you came to this church today. Maybe someone just kept inviting you. Maybe you just stumbled in. But maybe you're here today and you just kind of thought it was just by accident. But I want you to know God arranges things and he draws people to himself. He's specifically drawing your heart to his today. He is drawing you to himself. And maybe you're here today and, and you're wondering what it is you're feeling. And that's it. You can, you can kind of sense it. You know on the inside, God, there's something happening. I kind of came in with a chip on my shoulder. I've been hurt by churches. And that's true of all of us because churches tend to have people in them and people hurt. But here's what it is. God, there's a, a, a loving Father in heaven drawing you to himself. And maybe you're here today and you just recognize, you know what, I do need this God. I walked away from him when I was in high school. I walked away in college. I walked away and I've been doing my own thing. And maybe you recognize today, God, I need your grace. I need your mercy. God, I need your direction. I need your love. I need your forgiveness. And it's your time to just accept it and to acknowledge it. It's your time to just say, God, I want to give you my life. The Bible says that if we acknowledge Jesus before men, that God will acknowledge, that Jesus will acknowledge us before the Father. I just want to ask you, do you want to acknowledge Jesus today? 
as we close, as we bow our heads, as we pray. Is there anyone here, you just want to say, you know what, I need to acknowledge Jesus in this house. I need to acknowledge that, you know what, he is the son of God. He came and paid a price for me. And because he did that, he covered me. And I'm good. And I can experience eternity. And I can experience perfection. Because it isn't hard to see how broken things are here on this earth. But God, we look forward to that day where all that healing takes place. If you want to acknowledge him, one of the ways we do it here is just we lift our hand or we lift our eyes. I just want to ask you, would you just do that today? One, two, three. Would you just lift your hand? Would you just lift your eyes my way? I see you, over, I see you two young ladies in the back. I see you over there, young man. I see you three back there. I see you back there, young man. And let me go to the left. Come on. Can we just, that's God just drawing people to say yes to his son. I see you over there, young, young one. If your hand is lifted today, can we just pray this? And, and church, the, the few hundred of us here, can we say this today? God, Heavenly Father, I need a Savior. Come on, let's say it together, church. Jesus, forgive me. Jesus, make me brand new. I believe you died for me. I believe you rose for me. And I believe you came so that I can be with you, so that I could live for you. Church, let's say this. Fill me with your spirit. I want to follow you. I want to follow you the rest of my days. God, thank you, thank you for drawing me to you today. Can we say this, church? God, I want to serve you. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. And I love saying this every day at church. Today, God, I just I give you my life. Can we say that a little louder in the house? Come on, church, let's say it. Today, God, I give you my life. In your name, we celebrate life change. Can we just clap? Can we applaud him? God, we thank you. We thank you for drawing us to your son. Amen. Thank you for joining us today, and a special thanks to those who give to Cornerstone. You know, it's because of you, our ministry, it's possible. Uh, you can click the link in the description to give now or visit us at cornerstonelv.com. And if you enjoy the podcast, you can subscribe, you can share it with friends, share it with family, help us spread God's word. You can also join us live every Sunday. We invite you, 9 a.m. or 11 a.m. We stream service live. Thank you again for listening.